Definitely sound like you're from uh, Atlanta, but I'm from the South too. The South, being from, uh, I'm from like the country of Florida originally. Okay, what part? So, yeah, Okeechobee, dude. It's like it's dairies and a big lake. I want to say I didn't. That's in like if Central you Florida. Fish or know people that fish? South, it's South, south Central Florida. Okay. It's where the lake is. It's where everybody in the world goes to perch. Yeah, catfish, bass fish. I think I don't... And then dairies. I think I don't rule through <laughs> I, I went to Stetson University, so that's in Central Florida as well. And, you know what I'm saying, going to Leesburg, saw that. Eustis, and all, you know what I'm saying, just all that. Yeah, so I'm, I feel like I've seen 100%. That. Yeah. Country. Yeah. <laughs> just straight up country, big trucks, and all sorts of situations. You can probably... Florida, that's what's crazy. Oh, no, 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 no. Florida is a border of beach with a mouse in the middle... And then a whole shit ton of Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> like Alabama is the Twinkie filling of Florida. Man, no, that's actually you wouldn't even guess it either. I just thought of that. That's that's a great analogy. No, <laughs> so I want to welcome you to the show. Uh, this is the Tragedy Academy, a show created to bridge societal divides in a judgment-free zone using candor and humor. I am joined today by Chancellor Jackson, former football star turned author. Um, writing after the traumatic experience of being arrested and detained in Beijing for 14 days. Got a number one uh, over 15 times with this book, uh, as well as some romance novels and some different things, uh, fiction writing that you're doing as well. Um, quite a diverse background, my man. <laughs> Welcome to the show. I'm looking forward to speaking with you. Why don't you uh, introduce yourself? Tell us what we got going on. For sure, man. Appreciate you for having me, Jay. Blessings and balance you. Blessings and balance everyone that's tuning in right now. Big shout out to y'all. Y'all the real MVPs. Um, name is Chester K. Jackson. Born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia. Played football the vast majority of my life uh, throughout high school and earned the opportunity to play Division One football down uh, in Florida at Stetson University. Where I obtained my prestigious yeah. Stetson <laughs> University. Yeah. You say that right, yeah. man. Yeah. That's a that's a real school. Yeah. <laughs> that's D one, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> D one AA. So yeah, um, I obtained my bachelor's degree in communication media studies. So what we doing right here is slick my cup of tea for so. Uh, Love it. Uh, but ironically, I landed my first job teaching English to children in China. So that's how I ended up in Beijing. And uh, I entered Beijing on October tenth, twenty eighteen. It was supposed to do a year. Only ended up doing six months because things hit the fan halfway through. And, you know what I'm saying, of course, I was arrested and served 14 days in the Beijing Penitentiary. After I was released, I was immediately deported from the country, came back to America, and was just at square one all over again, trying to figure out what I'm going to do next, how I'm going to bounce back from taking this L. And, uh, stayed, you know what I'm saying, stayed in field of education, fell into coaching football. So I'm going into year five with me coaching um, high school football and Started writing 14 Days in Beijing, and um, about six months later, well, it took me about four months to write the book, and it took six months just to get it ready for publishing. Um, so, uh, 
after that, you know what I'm saying? After I dropped 14 days, everything else was just For falling those into you wondering, somebody's cooking popcorn right now in the oh, background. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What's she heating up? She heating I'm up fine with it. I like to call out the sounds so I don't have to edit it out yeah. later. Yeah, shawty heat. That's that. how I do it. Yeah. That's, that's communications and media 101. <laughs> Editor, safety. Look, dude, somebody's microwave. As long as it's not fish. Like, the one thing you don't stick in the microwave <laughs> is fish. We're good. Yeah, yeah. Let's roll on, my man. Hey, this is this is the Tragedy Academy. It's built in the fucking name. We're allowed to have mistakes like this. <laughs> it's real world. Oh, me. So, um, yeah, after I dropped 14 days, 14, just doing what he was doing. I'm, you know what I'm saying? Having the success. That's when I was, a lot of doors started to open up. So, you know what I'm saying? I'm selling to a lot of different fields. I wear a lot of hats now. I've got a couple of businesses going. So, yeah, man, I'm just running a couple of marathons, trying to get established. That's it, bro. The key word in all of that is action, right? Everything that you're doing is moving in place. I do want to take a step back because there was something that you said that kind of uh, stood out to me. And you said that you took an L. Yeah. Right? And I understand what you mean by that. I'm sure everybody gets it. Took a loss. Yeah. Um, in sports analogies or um, metaphors. That said, I would challenge you to look at whether or not that is an L <laughs> or an experience. World. Yeah, it's an experience. For sure. Everything we go through is everything that we are as well as preparation for what's in store. Without a doubt. It's not an L, man. <laughs> That's an experience. That's a check of a block to make you the man you are today. Thanks. Thanks. Right? Lessons are learned. Then they don't exist anymore. They only exist if you give them a space in your head to live in. So if, if 14 days in Beijing is something that's labeled as a red versus a green, then it's occupying a spot in the brain that is not bringing any benefit. It's bringing past terror. Thanks. You know, it's it's remembering something that honestly doesn't exist anymore. The only reason why you put it out now is so that people will have the opportunity to be prepared if they come across the experience. That part. Because you're never going to be there again. <laughs> right? But, yeah. I hate to see people that are doing great things mm -hmm. label themselves as a negative experience or having had one that didn't need to be labeled that. Facts. Facts. For sure. And yeah, man, it was everything. It took all of that. You're absolutely right. You're upset because once football came to the end, I was like, bro, Chance, what's next, bro? Like, what, what are we trying to do? Like, did you feel lost? Who are you? What do you like to do? You know what I'm saying? What's your purpose? You know what I'm saying? I had no clue what I was going to do or where to even start. And I was mainly uh, applying for corporate positions. Sales, marketing, management, that whole nine. I'm landing interviews. Oh, yeah. Getting flown out, put up in hotels, cars running out to me, the whole nine, but could not seem to land a position. I did this process for like eight months. I graduated. I'm back home. I'm all right. I did everything, quote, unquote, the textbook way, and I still got the short end of the stick. Like, what we finna do? We got to make something shake. We might, we might need to reapproach this job search thing. And with me taking that reapproach, I came across the opportunity to teach kids in China. I applied. And this first job seven, yes, at all, you know what I'm saying? All this trial and error. So go out there. You know what I'm saying? I'm excited. This is going to be an adventure of a lifetime. And it, I'm just before the 14 days. China, Beijing was the best experience I've ever had in my entire life. It's like being a celebrity at times, isn't Man, it? Man, I'm treated with decency. When you travel in, in um, the Eastern hem Hemisphere, you find that it's 
a lot of the things that we've come to know as Americans or Western culture is completely out of nice. <laughs> this world wrong. Right. I, don't, I don't even know how to describe right. it. It's it's like opening an entirely different book. Like yes. somebody told you it was Dr. Seuss and you opened up fucking like Hemingway. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you're like, wait a minute, Darren. I thought everybody was going to be doing things that I've seen on TV. Exactly. Like, and this is not the case. Exactly. Exactly. So you learn, it's very enlightening. You know what I'm saying? You learn so much about um, yourself and then much life in general. You know what I'm saying? Everywhere you go, no matter where you are on this spectrum of the globe, it's drastic. Life is lived drastically different in every sector of this world. So it's, with that being said, there's no true blueprint or right or wrong way to live in life. You can't sit there and say that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you can't say that because everybody was born on the same roller coaster. I could understand if you knew if you bought a ticket, but <laughs> Otherwise, you literally woke up moving. Exactly. Who the fuck's fault is that? <laughs> like, what's up, reality? You know what I mean? So, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was lit. You know what I'm saying? China was absolutely amazing. And then to, you know what I'm saying, ex uh, experience all that Beijing had to offer, live my best life, and then, boom, things go left. And, you know what I'm saying? Now I find myself going through this adversity. Uh, but it took all of that, you know what I'm saying? Trial and error, trying to find a job, find a job on the other side of the world, going out there, living my best life. Now things come to a crashing halt. And it's like, okay, now I'm put back in this in the same position I was when football came to me. Like, all right, what's next? What are we finna do? You know what I'm saying? I'm doing that same boat. Mm -hmm. And it was from, from there on, oh man, it was up after that. <laughs> it was up after that. I can see it in your face. I can see it in your demeanor. You love what you're doing right now. For sure. And there's, everything's a catalyst to something else. And I would say that that was the catalyst to open up your creativity within the writing experience and the ability to communicate through the written word, the spoken word, things like that. You have a very bright fire. <laughs> it shows when you're speaking about what you love. And it shows in what you write and how you convey things. I want to ask a question. There was something that stood out to me because I listened and I read 14 Days in Beijing. Okay. Right? And one of the things that I'm sure a lot of people would probably ask, because you're, you seem to be a very spiritual man. Yeah. And I love looking through the lenses of different people so that we can understand where people are coming from and get as much perspective as possible. And one of the things that stuck out to me, and this is without stereotyping things, that you mentioned in several different areas, a Native American background. Yeah. And that, that was something that struck my curiosity because sitting here, I would not assume yeah. that you would be the stereotypical. We're going back to China. Dr. Seuss and Hemingway, Thanks. right? Thanks. <laughs> I'm looking at Dr. Seuss. Please tell me what is Hemingway for you in the Native American culture or background or ancestry, whatever it might be. Um, so my both my parents have Native American uh, lakes. So on my mom's side, Cherokee, my pop's side, Choctaw was something. And um it was the, my great grandparents that you know, said were like you know, full of you know what I'm saying? Full-breaded ones. You can you know you see it vividly, you know what I'm saying, in their physical features. Um, now, of course, 
crossbred with other folks and you know what I'm saying? That's mm-hmm. where There's right. an intermingling from that time frame. There really was. Yeah. Indigenous peoples and uh well, unfortunately slaves yeah. were kept in that that class where they were intermingling and being able to uh, you know be normal humans, unlike the ones that were trying to separate right. people. <laughs> <laughs> Loving each other yeah. normally. <laughs> so yeah, that's where that come into play. And uh I really ain't become conscious to it, of it until like my early, you know what I'm saying, early adulthood. You know what I'm saying? Fold again. Mm-hmm. I really wasn't uh, introduced to it or exposed to it. Um, but of course, but I knew, like, I knew my great grandmother, you know what I'm saying? But I got mm-hmm. to meet her mm-hmm. while she was still living. So, oh, that's very fortunate. Yeah. So I can, but I ain't never really have a close relationship with her. You know what I'm saying? She lived in Tennessee. So I ain't really, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's the American way. Scatter yeah. like a shotgun. Yeah. Families don't stay together. You know what I'm saying? So, and for some reason, we don't like to do that. Everybody else does. <laughs> everybody else does. For real, for real. Um, but it was that exposure. And then just me learning, becoming more spiritually awakened. Um, and that started with just learning history and accurate history or just different forms of history that you don't really come across. You know what I'm saying? And it was that exposure that started to turn the wheels like okay it's more to this you know there's a lot more to this I, I, i'm questioning everything that i once learned and once believed before because mm. you know what i'm saying i've come across the information that you know what i'm saying it's, it's like okay it's forcing it's forcing me to, i can't no longer just see everything from the lens i did before. i once you know what i'm saying uh discernment's a motherfucker yeah <laughs> you either gotta deal with it and be active with it or just lazy and blind as fuck after that and making every attempt to not do anything with life. Because once you see, then you're like, fuck. Yeah. I have the onus is on me at this point to help others see the fractures that are in the lenses and start getting through them. Yeah. Or recognizing that everybody is just wearing lenses and that's it. So... I love that we're at this juncture because you're talking about a spiritual awakening. You end up in Beijing prison right, right? or penitentiary, right? For utilizing something that is well known throughout so many religions to include, because I wanted to make sure I was right. And I looked it up earlier. Here we go. Cannabis has been used in ancient Chinese religious practices and was believed to have spiritual and medicinal properties. Taoist text or Taoist text mentioned cannabis as an ingredient in incense and other preparations that could be used to communicate with the spirit world or achieve immortality. Yeah. You went to jail <laughs> for what used to be legal. Yeah. Doesn't that sound like America? <laughs> it used to be, then it wasn't. Yeah. And now it is again. And we have a whole bunch of people that are sitting with their lives F all the hell and back for generations for something that's a fuck ton better than alcohol, which is sold on every shelf and in your face on every sporting event. No, man. No, for real. Every sporting sporting (laughs) event. No care. I was just thinking about that earlier today because high school, I coached our basketball teams in the state playoffs. So it was, uh, I mean, we was in the state championship. So it was down in Macon, Georgia. So it was at this Coliseum or something. I'm like, okay. I just thought about it. I'm like, yeah, I remember being at the Coliseum, going to success stands. I didn't see nobody drinking beers, nobody selling, no type of alcohol. I'm like, okay, practice mm-hmm. was a high school event. 
I'm like, any other sporting event, let it be college or, college or up. Oh, man, it would have been a wrap. <laughs> they can't wait to get alcohol onto the fucking situation that they, they will run into the locker room. What's the first thing that happens after you win the big game in the locker oh, yeah. room? You're going <laughs> Champagne. You're going Popping corks yeah. within seconds. Yeah. We have such a romantic relationship with such a shitty fucking just horrible thing for our fucking whole entire, I hate to use words like energy or yeah. things like that because it turns people off. But the the reality is that shit will numb you to what you should be facing so that you can get above yeah. it. You're just fucking delaying the inevitable. <laughs> <alcohol>. <laughs> but essentially what I'm trying to point out is that um, this has been a vilified you know, medicinal or plant medicine that that we can benefit from. And you're placed in a Chinese penitentiary with no idea what the outcome could be. Can you kind of walk us through how you feel about being in prison? But before that, what is it? How do we approach this? As a man that is a minority in China, Mm -hmm. Knowing that something like this is not going to be handled the same way as it is with you, yeah. How do you feel going into that situation? Uh, like an American, like an American. Oh, I expected to hear yeah, that. Like an American. Oh, oh, this somebody else land. All right, take my feet off. <laughs> See, you know Let me ride the roller coaster. Exactly. I'm on it. I woke up on it, and here we yeah, go. I'm gonna do what I want to do. Mm, for sure. Yeah, that's good. They don't get no more American than that. <laughs> <laughs> come, to your, come to your land and do what I want to do. Exactly. And I, I hate that that is a fact and that we're laughing about it. <laughs> At the same time, what does that feel like going into that prison in that situation? Um, It's like, well, that, that American shit ain't going to fly everywhere. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It ain't going to fly everywhere. No. So it's just like, I mean, it's just more just account- accountability. Really, you know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, I was told the repercussions if I did, you know what I'm saying, partake in, you know what I'm saying, this 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 plant or, you know what I'm saying, and I, I was aware of uh, everything that could go left, you know what I'm saying, if I, tro- if I chose to engage in this. And I chose to engage it. like a champ. Yeah, I chose to engage in and it, and everything was pieces and crazy for a very long time. And then it finally hit, and things finally hit so and it's like now I'm at this point. It's like, hey, I ain't got no, I ain't got nobody to point the blame or go point the finger or place the blame on side of myself. You know what I'm saying? Mm. You know there is like a old school like neighbor that you know is always peeking through their window yeah. and constantly telling on people. Yeah. <laughs> that person is out there in this situation. I know there is <laughs> the one that's running by the door and sniffing when you think that you're taking a shower. That's what's happening right there. Somebody was gunning. Man. That's just that's in the back of my crazy head. Crazy thinkies. The entire six months I was out there. I live in the apartment then. I've never encountered any of my neighbors. Never saw a single one. I have no clue who I was living by. None of that. So it was like, I ain't never laid eyes on these folks physically. So I'm like, man, that'd be crazy. That'd be they, crazy. they laid eyes on you, that's Chief. Right. I mean, They have you pegged, but that's because, I mean, you're in a situation where obviously you are going to stand out from your peers. And when you're in that situation, 
you have to conduct yourself, you know, accordingly or as an ambassador to where you come from or to your race or your culture, your religion, whatever it is when you're abroad. Um, I hate to see someone cut short in a mission where they're trying to expand their horizons yeah. and, and help others for something that's so stupid. But at the same time, you took it like a champ, so. right? And you went in there. You're obviously not someone that speaks Chinese based on the way that you introduced yourself and the method with which you ended up there. Yeah. So my question would be, outside of the six months worth of Chinese that you learned on the fly and probably the orientation that you got there that told you where the bathroom, the train was, and how to seek help at the whatever box. Yeah. <laughs> how the hell do you sit in prison looking at all these other people and get through this situation? Because you're not blending in. You can't hide. Yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> it's just not happening. Yeah, I'm just sitting there, man. So it's like, I got number time on my hands. And it was really the opportunity for me to really take time to self-reflect. How much time mm. are you allowed to to self-reflect. When's the last time you actually self-reflect? How long did you self-reflect for? I had a whole full 72 hours sit on my ass just sit there and solely reflect, bro. Most people don't have that type of time. You're not, you know what I'm saying? You got too much other stuff. They, they don't love themselves enough to dedicate that to themselves. Oh, you got too many responsibilities. You got kids, you got bills, you got all that. You have too much going on. You can't sit there for 72 hours. No. You know what I'm saying? Let's not eat. 72 hours. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, no, you, so it's like, I had no choice. <laughs> that was the difference with me. I had no choice. We're failing to mention that you came into that situation stoned. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you at least <laughs> had the benefit yeah. of hitting <laughs> some shit before yeah. you went to the prison. Bats. Which, I don't know, that could be one of two things. Either terrifying as fuck... <laughs> <laughs> if it's a sativa yeah. <laughs> or it's a fucking nice chill ride and you're grateful if it's an indica. Yeah. If you're in the middle, you might have some awareness. Oh, me. So, yeah, I was, I was just, you know what I'm saying? Just, I had no clue what's going to take place, bro. I'm like, I have no clue. I'm no, I'm, I'm going to learn as I go. Take note of every amount of detail because this is going to be a great story to tell once you have it. Just I told myself this in the first precinct. Um, Despite what may happen, how it's going to play out, I know I'm going to be good when it's all said and done. Deep down in my spirit, I know I'm going to be good. Um, and so it's like, with that being, them two things being said, man, hey, let's enjoy this hub one last time because we don't know what's going to take. What's going to take place moving forward? <laughs> there <laughs> there is no pot of gold at the end of this hey, rainbow. No, no, <laughs> Enjoy this, this is, that's a That's a bucket of shit that I'm about to land in, but I better enjoy the slide. Come on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> it's not going to be a good time. Man, that's got to be a very vulnerable position when everybody in a room can communicate with each other freely mm -hmm. and you don't have the ability to translate yourself to understand what they could even be talking about depending on how it's done. Yeah. But up until that point, like, being out in public in China, you're not hearing folks speak English. You hear all these them conversations. You don't know what's being said. It's just noise. Like, majority of the time mm -hmm. when I'm leaving the house, I have my headphones I'm blasting me. Cause I, I, 
isn't but nothing but a bunch. There was no purpose in hearing the chatter you know that you didn't understand. So I was like, being in the sound, I was, I was already used to that. I'm like, these folks just talking. I'm just really focusing on myself. You know what I'm saying? Just sitting there and floating. And, <laughs> these folks are just talking. Yeah, that's it. They just talking about whatever. <laughs> they became background noise. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just sitting there just, man, just reflecting. That's it, man. Trying to make sense of everything and moving forward. What is it that I need to do? What am I supposed to take away from the situation? I know I made a decision and this is because from, from it, but I feel like it's bigger. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's so much more to me going through this. But what in particular, I have no clue on top of tales. I like to uh, use the analogy that in order to grow, we have to be a seed and hit the ground. Right. In order to become our full potential, we have to have that moment in time where we're on our knees mm -hmm. and we have nothing left but to be ourselves going forward. It's a rebirth yeah. of some sort yeah. if it's used correctly. Um, or not even correctly. If it's your chance, it's your moment, then you'll find that at least for myself, you feel a pull. You've always had that pull. You know that it's been there. You just have no idea how to act upon it. Yeah. Until that moment that you hit your knees and you are fucked beyond all fucked for whatever it is. It doesn't have to be an event like this. It could be a death in the family. Yeah. It could be a firing. It could be any number of things. But there's that moment in time where you have to make a step forward after that and you find that that passion, whatever it is, that flame, Thanks. right? And I've described it before. It's like it's under a glass your whole life and it's given to you around like, I don't know, seven years old. You put it over it with just a little bit of air going in so the flame's nice and small, but it's still lit. And then somebody comes up with a hammer, <laughs> fucking hits that glass, bam. But what happens to the flame? Nice. That's it. And then you're on. You have passion from that point forward so long as you pursue things authentically. Thanks. As long as it's what you feel most inclined to do and you feel 10 times out of, you know, 10 times out of 10, it's in service <laughs> of some way, shape or form. It's going to work out that way. Because that's what we're designed to do. Facts. Facts. You know what I'm saying? He's one. He's one. Oh. So, but I, I've always been, I'm a Sagittarius. So, just, just being a passionate part right. of I, I, I couldn't tell you what that meant okay. if my life depended <laughs> on it. I know what they are. Yeah. I know the zodiac signs. I'm a Libra. Okay. It's a set of scales. Yeah, you bounce. Kind of matches because I'm fucking crazy as shit on one, one day. And mellow as hell on the other, so yeah. kind of makes sense. But after that, I don't know what a Sagittarius is. Yeah, very passionate individuals. We're fire signs. It okay. makes sense. You talk, you making all these analogies with fire. I'm like, that's me. So the for sure. My very first passion was football. That's why I learned just how to, you know, what I'm saying, pursue something and give your all towards it, despite how it's, it'll go. You know, what I'm saying it's gonna be a roller coaster. So that's why we call this. That's why I call. I make the analogy of comparing things to a marathon. Just like a marathon, you run a marathon, it's long, it's hard, you know what I'm saying? It's going to be ups and downs throughout the marathon, you're going to get fatigued, but yet you have got to keep going. Joe Tennis, toes to the ground, 
You got to keep turning them legs up. You got folks running along with you in the marathon. It's going to get tired. They're going to take a break. They're going to sit down, say, no, but you're not. No, you got to keep going. You got to keep going. So um, football, you know what I'm saying, definitely played a major, major role. And you know what I'm saying, just, man, me keeping that fire going. I knew once football came to the end, I'm like, bro, when I find my next football, it is a wrap. <laughs> it's going to be a wrap. So, I, I like that um, the way you describe that as a marathon. And I'm not going to discount the time that you played football. But I'd like to kind of point something out or make an observation. Laura. Before the current line of work that you're in, I would say that was the marathon. Yeah. Because while you loved it, it wasn't your true destination Facts. or where your passions were going to land. Facts. And I would ask you, now that you have begun this new chapter in your life where you're writing and you're speaking and you're giving back, does it feel like a marathon anymore? Yeah, because I'm still trying to get established. You know what I'm saying? I may, I, I've accomplished, I made some great accomplishments, but you know how big the world is? The world don't know Chastity K. Jackson. So let me, let me rephrase that. <laughs> Does it feel as laborious or does it feel rewarding at the end of the day? Um, reward? That's right. Reward. The fulfillment. Yeah. Now that you have the ability to give back the way that you are, it's got to feel 10 times better than anything you've ever done in your life. When you see the light turn on in somebody's eyes, mm -hmm. when you explain or you give them that key, it's up to them whether they, whether, whether they want to <laughs> unlock that, right? Well, that's the truth. Yeah. You can hand somebody the key. And there's a really cool phenomenon in that that key is theirs for eternity. To be turned in a combination lock of some sort with other keys that predicated it, right? But without that one key, you don't get discernment. Mm -hmm. So there are moments where you hand that key and you may be the last key to open the door. Mm -hmm. Or you could be key number two yeah. out of two million, Facts. right? But the onus is on us to still pass out keys. In fact, oh yeah. Not to force on keys. Forcing keys is just being a dick. <laughs> <laughs> it's like spiritual gatekeeping or some shit. <laughs> That's like Westboro Baptist Church or yeah. whatever. They're fucking throwing their dirty keys at everybody. <laughs> Nobody wants your keys, dude. Okay. <laughs> your keys are tainted. Right? So... I love that you're handing out keys in the way that you do. So I want to ask, there's a lot of humor in the things that you write and how you approach situations, yeah. which I love, <laughs> right? Because humor unites us. Where do you derive your sense of humor from? Um, man, I guess just being from Atlanta, for real, for real, like, Following <laughs> up, we always crack jokes and roasted each other. So, um, and I'm, I don't ever really take anything. Well, I do take certain things serious, but like, 
I don't know. I always like to share light or make light of any type of situation, that despite how hard or difficult or, you know what I'm saying, intense it may be. Because, um, you know what I'm saying, you do that, it won't be as crucial then. You know what I'm saying? You sitting there laughing at it, especially you able to make a funny out of it. Um, so, I, you know, I don't know. It's just something that's just naturally at me. Always. You know what I'm saying? I know my way of joking too. It's a self-soothing mechanism as well. Yeah. I feel like it's a method with which to bring your peers around you back down to reality and help them be comfortable in the moment. Facts. Because the moment's not going to change. <laughs> the only thing you can change is your perspective. Bingo. So if you lighten it, it's that was a military thing too. Yeah. Uh, the military will bitch and say every thing ridiculous they can about what they're working on fucking hate it make jokes about it all this shit but they're still gonna get it done yeah. facts. facts right and that, I feel like that's a method with which to cope with the horrible situations we're in and I feel like that's also a calling a lot of people I say a lot of people way too much <laughs> um my observation is that comedians or people that utilize a form of comedy within themselves or have that within themselves, when they begin to bring that to the public eye, it becomes almost a, not a job, almost like you're driven to always keep people in a certain state, yeah. always driven to keep people happy, always driven to make people not sad yeah. or not afraid or whatever it is. And I think that it's why Robin Williams died yeah. because you can only support the world with your gift for so long without taking stock of your own Facts. and being able to heal yourself, he healed us, yeah. right? So I'm talking about that kind of internal flame. When you find yourself in situations throughout life, do you feel that that's something that you should be giving back or do, is that a flame oh, that's yeah. been inside of yeah, you? Yeah, always. Even no matter how, I could be down and out. You know what I'm saying? I'd be on my last dollar, still split the bill with you or just still be uh, that sense of encouragement or motivation that somebody needs. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, I've always, man, it's, ever since, I, since I've been back in China, like, I've, like I said, I've made uh, a lot of accomplishments, but it still ain't been pieces and cream. I'm still laying down this foundation. I've got a lot of motion going not on. supposed to be. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, it still ain't, still ain't everything. It ain't, you know what I'm saying, all gold just yet. So, uh, you know what I'm saying? It's still been, it's been, it's been a roller coaster. Honestly, it's been highs and lows, highs and lows. And, but, Despite if I'm on the high, if I'm on the low, I still got to stay even keel. Um, and people always come to me. and uh, I can tell I'm a vessel for so many of my peers. You know what I'm saying? Here in Atlanta. Mm. I, it makes sense. I'm like, every time I try to leave Atlanta, I always come back. Go to school in Florida, try to stay out there. No, I'll come back to Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? The universe springs back here. I go to China. I'm like, I'm be on this side of the world. Man, you you tried to get away. <laughs> like, when when Americans describe things that are far away, for some reason, China is where we say that it went. <laughs> for sure, I don't know when that became, like, our our go-to. But like, we're all the way to China. Yeah. 
You know, <laughs> you literally picked that destination and went to it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like every time I try to leave, the universe always brings me back. I'm like, okay, I don't know what it is that I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed to accomplish here in Georgia, but time will tell off. You know what I'm saying? I think they, you know what I'm saying? When it's all said and done, I, you know what I'm saying? It'll make sense. And since I've been back, you know what I'm saying? Everything I got going on, and man, just uh, the, the piece and the role that I play within my community. Yeah, I see exactly why. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm definitely a voice for, you know what I'm saying, my community, all of the inspiration, and um, just, you know what I'm saying, showing people what they can really do, you know what I'm saying, and how they can look at things and um, how to just, I don't know, man, just to... <laughs> There's a burden when you leave a community and are considered a success amongst your peers that you have to uphold a standard, mm. especially for like myself coming from a less than fortunate background. My peers around me will always hold me from that time yep. in a certain regard. Facts. And on that pedestal, they don't see the pain that it requires to remain standing on top of that pole. Facts. All those little micro movements and balance are experiences and things that you're trying to prevent a fall from grace at every juncture. Yeah. And it becomes a burden. Yeah. It becomes a true burden. And I think that's by design for many different reasons. I think it holds people down. It discourages people while keeping someone else trapped in their own pain. Mm. Because the person on the pedestal, while appears to be everything's good to go, <laughs> <laughs> look at them, yeah. is actually doing everything they can to keep you as hopeful as possible right. with no regard for themselves. And what I'd like to encourage to people out there that are hearing this, those that you feel this calling to always help people, and if you've left your community for whatever reason, your friends, your family, and you're that person, hit your knees. Yeah. Do it and do it fast. The moment you see it, the moment that you know that you're having to act, like something besides how you feel, regardless of the hope you're providing, hit your knees so that everybody sees that's the way to get there. Yeah. Show them that it's okay. I think we're seeing that in this day and age. I think that social media and the pandemic oh, yeah. has opened a door. For people to be able to show what's going behind that wall that nobody else sees. That old Western set that I describe all the time, you know, looks like the front of a house, but everybody behind it is laying on the ground crying. Yeah. Every time they walk in the door, they're on their knees. Every time they walk out the door, they're putting their tie together or applying a little makeup or whatever it is to go act again, to literally act yeah. again. And I like that you're sharing the fact that you hit your knees. Yeah. 
Um, I think that's important for us to become a lighthouse in that manner. Um, the moment that you do is the moment that you can help other people find their way. Um, I appreciate that. And that's what this show is about. Um, it's about highlighting these experiences. And while being in a Beijing prison, I will talk to you another day on a detention episode. <laughs> that's where we just, we cut up because I know there is comedy gold in an experience in a Chinese prison. What? <laughs> what? With any, any foreigner. However, <laughs> you in a Chinese prison is something that I need to hear Man. the the details right. about because I know in my heart of hearts that there was some Man. shit that your head is shaking right now that was happening in there. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, this is happening right now? Different world. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm gonna ask up front that we get that episode another What's day up? where we get to discuss what goes on inside that. <laughs> the interactions with people have got to be hilarious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, because you're like, you're a natural oddity at that point. Everybody's looking at you the entire time, whether you're sleeping, whether you're, you know, eating, no matter what it is, you, they're all eyes on you. On me. Facts. Facts. <laughs> and until I'm moved to, so the first three days, I'm the only foreigner, only English speaker, English speaker in the cell. On day four, chapter four, I moved to a new cell. Now I'm amongst other foreigners. And there's only like three of them. Um, but with that being said, now is, this is a whole different shift within the whole story. So now we can start connecting the dots. I can start connecting the dots as far as how this process works. One, and how the jail operates. Oh, yeah. Um, Up until then, did you know it was going to be 14 days or 400 days? I no, I, I done signed a bunch of paperwork and now I'm in this cell. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, they use the stamp a lot over there, don't they? Oh, yeah. Um, they love to the stamp documents. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Stamps and thumbs. My thumbprint. <laughs> That's my stamp. Thumbprint. Oh. Sign thumbprint. Sign mm. thumbprint. Man, we were betrayed by our own fingers. <laughs> <laughs> they lie about us. They tell us where we... They tell the truth about Down everything. Facts. You can't... You can't <laughs> I'm sure that there's ways around that in this day and age. However, that's still... Man, your thumbs are... They just fuck you not, up. Not for real. <laughs> just, <laughs> there's a lot of dudes out there cursing their thumbs right now, sitting in a, sitting in a prison cell, just going, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have wore those workout gloves. The fingerless Come gloves. On. <laughs> no, you deserve to be in prison if you wear fingerless gloves. So I want to give you an opportunity to tell everybody where they can find your books, where they can reach out to you and connect for some uh, spiritual growth or some professional growth opportunities. Sure. Um, why don't you share all of that? And then um, yeah. we'll go from so, there. Um, yeah, the best searches that we got, Google, Google Chancellor K. Jackson, everything you need will pop up. I'm on social media accounts, my website, um, other interviews I've done, everything. So just Google me, you'll find me. Um, I offer a service, uh, coaching any aspiring authors out there through the writing and publishing process. So if you have an idea or a concept for a story, but don't know how to go about putting it on paper, or you've written a whole book, but don't know how to go about publishing, tap it with your boy. I can walk you through either or process. We bring that story to life. Okay. That is a beautiful thing because you're providing accelerant to all those flames of creativity out there 
and giving him a chance to put it out. There's the calling. Yeah. That's what I love here. <laughs> That's exactly where it's at. You're igniting flames and sending them out there to spread all their creativity. That is fucking beautiful, man. I genuinely appreciate you. That's what we're here for. And um, please continue to pursue what you feel passionate about, no matter what it is. And um, you're welcome back anytime. I will schedule a detention episode with you so oh, yeah. we can literally talk about it. I'm going to make sure Gary's here. Um, because he read your book as well. He just is not available yeah. right now. Gary, for those of you that, that I haven't mentioned this, I'm a horrible host. <laughs> I don't plug shit. But Gary has been doing his day job and has wrapped a couple of different uh, productions. So he's not been here, although we were working on some stuff in Vegas last week. So while he hasn't been on the show, we've been working on some things behind the scenes. So everybody out there, I know you miss Gary. Um, you can continue to yell. We want more Gary, whatever it is. <laughs> he will be back. Um, again, I appreciate you. The next interview will be with Lucky Chance. Yes. <laughs> you like that? Yeah. <laughs> so those of you that want to hear some more, tune in if you want to know what goes on in a Chinese jail with no filters. Right. Um, <laughs> we can discuss it with Lucky Chance. Yes, sir. All right. Well, thank you so much, my man. I genuinely appreciate you. And remember, everybody, be cool and keep learning.